0: As winter fades away, those hot takes are only gonna get hotter. After a week break, the Furries and Football podcast is back. I, of course, am Manny Jones. I'm, of course, joined by the one, the only Mr. Zeus Pegasus himself with the newest edition, number 22, Furries in Football, 22. deuce how we doing buddy
1: <laughs> life's good man playoffs are over and there's so much to talk about as Ooh. we head off into the next phase of the football year but yeah man oh yeah here. It's... it's super bowl weekend in two weeks yeah. and there's a lot to go over both the good and the bad
0: that's right indeed we'll talk about division conference title game thoughts uh, what the teams that lost in the playoffs should do next. Lamar Jackson and Dan Campbell are big discussion points. Uh a we,
1: takes a plenty. Oh, there's <laughs> gonna be a lot
0: of that. Uh, the drama with Kayshawn Booty. I wanna get into that. New coaching hires all over the NFL. A intriguing transfer to UCF that throws this big on coaching on our teams and a look at the Super Bowl. Well, let's first start off. Uh, with the overall playoff games, and we left off after the wild card. Divisional round did not disappoint. It was big wins galore. Ravens over the Texans. Niners over the Packers in a close battle. Lions take down the Bucks, And the Chiefs survived the very cold Buffalo to win 27-24. The, Zeus. Yes. The Bills. I know you love watching this. Can I admit that I had, I could not believe it. When they, when wide right got echoed in Buffalo, w- wide oh right. God. I can't remember, but like it was late in the game, the kicker, like it's been a field goal, kicks it wide right, like the two most cursed words that you can have in that town. Um, rough.
1: That's essentially the Bills season in a nutshell, and it's kind of bittersweet because as much as I despise them because they're a division rival, like I was hoping that as a Fellow struggling franchise that they were able to give her the hump. Yeah, beat those fucking Chiefs, but man, oh man, they played as hard as they possibly could, but they just made one too many mistakes. And yeah, was too banged up on defense to really pull out the win there. So that's probably—I want to say it—it it might be the most heartbreaking defeat in Bills history. Yeah, I, I mean, you, like, you know, you right got up the... there with 13 seconds. Yeah,
0: right, right up there. there, right up there. I think it's one of those things too where it's like you had you were playing Mahomes on the road and then just. This goes down. It's, it's heartbreaking because you know this team can contend, but getting over that beating—it's like Jordan and the Bad Boy Pistons for such a good while. Jordan just couldn't beat the Bad Boy Pistons. That's what it just feels like, man. Uh, of course, that led us to the conference championship. I think all the teams that lost, despite this, I think they'll it will be okay. Uh, we'll see what happens next. Conference championship, though, was a. Oh, my God. Great football yesterday. Great football last night. The Chiefs won a close game as they held the Ravens' potent offense to 10 yards. Lamar Jackson caught a pass to himself, which was ridiculous. And I thought, I thought, Zeus, I thought he would house that shit. I, I so wanted that to happen because, dude, as a kid, I used to run around my backyard throwing the football to myself all the damn time, buddy, and... I, I'm like, dude, if he did that, that would have been. we would be talking about that the entire podcast. If he did that, his entire podcast would be nothing but us talking about the best play ever. But unfortunately, the Chiefs win, and that means we get many people complaining about Taylor Swift on Twitter.
1: Yeah, my God. I'm surpri- like, <laughs> I'm not surprised that this is going to be the storyline narrative just from that game. But that championship game really infuriated the heck out of me because I don't know why, man. It's like, it's giving me a lot of the whole um, old Patriots dynasties where these yeah. teams forget how to play to their strengths, and they do the dumbest shit just in trying to try and one-up the favorites. And yeah, 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 I know the Chiefs weren't the favorites. Everyone doubted them going into the playoffs. If they can win two road games to get back to the Super Bowl. Okay, I get that, but they're still the defending champs. You still have to go in there and play your game. And the Ravens? I, I, I don't get it. Like, everything pointed they should have won this game. They had the defense, the running attack. They, just like Miami, they had them scoreless in the second half. They just couldn't do shit offensively. So many, so many boneheaded plays, missed opportunities, undisciplined. It When it matters, like, it, I, I there, there is so many questions and directions of where to go. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, there's got to be some serious change. And yeah. I'm going to start my first hot take right now. Sure. Right now. I'm ready. What's up? Lamar Jackson. Um, big contract was a huge mistake and will be the biggest mistake in Ravens history. Whoa! And I said it. Jesus! I'm sorry, Lamar, but you're very athletic, but when it comes to, you just can't play ball. And I don't know if you're getting in the way of your coach or the coach is getting in the way of you, but clearly you're not the guy, my dude. At least on the, this Ravens team. Um, it just sucks because he's so good at what he does but yeah every single time when it matters he just crumbles mentally
0: yeah and and this is me talking as a fan of the rival i think i mentioned this on a podcast i love watching him play i love watching lamar play he's a transcendent talent that was that was data from the moment he got in the league and he has been consistently balling in the regular season, he's won an MVP award, and he probably will be the second when his second MVP. But it's just like he he has no more. Like he needs to play better in the playoffs. Like, and you know, there's been a lot of quarterbacks that have not done well in the playoffs. I think a, a great example is Peyton Manning in the in the early years of his career. Peyton Manning struggled in the playoffs. If you look back at his numbers in in in, in play in the playoffs, my guy. Yeah. He really struggled. Like, I'll give... In fact, I'll I'll drop his first couple of games. His first playoff game, 19 for 42, 227 yards. Okay. Next game against the Dolphins in 2000. 17 for 32, one touchdown, 53% passing. Okay game. The next yeah. in 2002. 14 for 31, two touchdowns. So in his first three playoff games, Peyton Manning had only thrown one touchdown in the playoffs. He was... Yeah. And the big thing was, he can't win the playoffs. Then it was, he can't beat Brady. I think personally, this is just my personal take, I think Lamar is Lamar is about to be in this same conversation. And it's like, Lamar is a damn good quarterback. We know he is, but he's got to win the playoffs. So much legacy is on what you do
1: That's in right. the playoffs. And, Make or break
0: it. Yeah. It's a shame because I love watching him play. He is such a good talent. With when he has that football in his hands he caught a ball to himself like oh my god like he is such a good talent and as a fan of his rival i like seeing him do good because there are people saying he should have been a running back coming out of coming out of the out of college he should have been a cornerback. he's got to play better in these situations he's got to play better court the team game but His playoff numbers have not been good. He had a good, I'll admit this, he had a good game against the Houston Texans, but in these really big games where legacies can be defined, you got to win.
1: You definitely got to win. Although I'm not going to let Harbaugh get off the hook here too, because Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of the play calling just reminded me what the Dolphins did against the Chiefs and failed spectacularly. You just got away from the run game. You weren't patient. You wanted the home run shots. And against – I'm sorry, but this is this is probably the best secondary in the league. They're young. They're fast. You have to beat them in different ways. You have to give what they take. You have to take what they give you. You can't rely on the explosive plays. And the Ravens have been pretty much too reliant on explosive plays like Miami. So um, even with a healthier team, they just had the same downfall. And it's just so, so infuriating that teams like Miami, teams like the Ravens cannot get out of their own way play way too hard against the favorites and make boneheaded mistakes. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of that's with leadership. So, um, there's going to be some changes on that team for sure next year. Yeah. if you want to be Patrick, in his own game, you have to have a cool head. You have the right people to charge. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's, it's just so, 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 annoying. I,
0: I will say this, there's this, is, this is, and this is just someone that just looks at this team. Like they need a run. They need a, they need a good run game. I, okay believe me i i like gus edwards is a solid running back they need a running back i feel because like if you look at these numbers zeus they only ran the ball 50 uh, 16 times in this entire game lamar with the lead was a leading rusher with eight carry 54 yards you Not have really enough
1: That's you so bad. you
0: got you need you need to like lamar is great but it it's like you can it's like LeBron on those Cavaliers team. You have to get your player some talent cuz they just can't they can't always carry the load. You need a run game. You need that to not to so that you don't have to worry about making the right play.
1: Oh yeah, like and Miami even with their beat up team, they ran more against the Chiefs both games than the Ravens did. Yeah. So, it's uh it, it like the key to his sense is right there. It's just can can pride get out of the way? Can we stop wanting to be flashy? Like this is playoff football. You have to grind out these drives. Yeah, you got like to even, run. Even Brady, like, um, as much as he threw, it's always it was always a short passing game. It was always a short running game that really carved you up. He uh, only went deep a couple times a game to really nail the to nail the coffin, but they were always smart about it. You only went deep at the right time when you had the matchup, and when you didn't, you don't force it. Yeah. And that interception to ice the game was so bad, like yeah, that made me question Lamar, and that's why I'm I'm sticking with this hot take. Like re-signing him is going to be your biggest mistake in franchise history. I am saying it right now because Lamar and this system that they have in Baltimore do not fit. They don't fit. They're not championship quality with Lamar at the helm. So that's just me.
0: That's understandable. Sorry,
1: to, sorry, I know, and I know I've apologized to all your Ravens fans for doubting all year, but yeah. Looks like in the end, I was right. It's like I had reason to doubt you. You were flashing moments when it when it mattered the most. Lamar paired with Harbaugh's um, terrible game management in big games is going to be your downfall. And I don't know, man. Like I think I think they they really have to make a drastic change if they want to. Yeah. Since right now it's the Chiefs and everybody else. No one comes close right now.
0: You know what's crazy though? I, I you deal know with the last matchup. That did not feature Mahomes and uh, and Brady were. Do you know what? Do you know what that last QB matchup was? That last AFC title game. It was the 2011 AFC title game. Mark Sanchez versus Ben Roethlisberger was the last <laughs> time. Yes, remember that. That was the last time that there was an AFC title game that did not feature Mahomes or Brady, and that's
1: crazy. Oh, these don't remind me. The freaking Jets have more playoff wins than Miami. Ow, hey, it's okay, buddy. Uh, come here, squirm. come here, buddy. It's okay. <laughs>
0: but speaking of running the football, we have to talk about the Detroit Lions. Now,
1: that was the biggest heartbreak.
0: I, 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 listen. So I watched this game with again. I mentioned my housemate was a huge Lions fan, and I was like, I gotta watch with him because um, I might, I might see him cry, because he's never had a team this good in a while, and he's been a fan. From his very early days as a kid. He he remembers like the last they won the freaking division title. Like that's how long of a fan he's been. I know how much pain he has been through. They're up 24-7. They are running the ball so damn good. Mm-hmm. The Niners look lost and they lose seven. They, they 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 allow 27 unanswered. And the Niners win 34-31. I uh this this hurts, and I want to point out two specific moments in this game, and I think you probably know the ones I'm about to bring up. So, third quarter of this third quarter, third quarter, third quarter, uh, they get a f- they get field goal with 24 uh, 10. They have a good drive to start, you know, short passes, they're running the football, like they're doing that outside, outside run game, and that was what they should have done. That was a smart thing. They decide to go for it on 4th and 2 at the 28-yard line. And as we know, Dan Campbell is a coach that likes to put his nuts on the table and say, I'm going to go for it. And, you know,
1: He's he's won games that way. I, I like,
0: game. yeah, you know, and I, I we, could, we could talk about the aggressive play call that he has. I like it, but in situations like this, this is where I don't like it. Now, I will say that this play call on 4th and 2, which was a pass to Josh Reynolds, that was dropped by Reynolds. Hmm. Was it was one of those things where the play he dropped the ball. It was a good play call, but dropped the ball.
1: Bad execution. Yeah.
0: Bad execution. Good throw by Goff, but the receiver just dropped it. And then the drop passes start happening for the lot for the Lions, and mistakes came out because the next drive Niners score. Then the first play of the next drive, Jameer Gibbs fumbles the football. They score again. And they can't, and the offense gets cold. Um, they take the late, and there's another part that does scare. Like, like, it's 27-24, okay? Now, we could talk about taking the field goal. And I think I mentioned on a podcast once, remind me about this. I think I mentioned on a podcast once that as much as I like the Lions as a playoff team, their decision-making is a huge concern. Remember remember I said that, right?
1: You did? Yeah. I do remember
0: this is where it, I, I was so annoyed by this call too it's fourth down they get the ball at the third they get the ball from the 25 and they marked on the 30 yard line it's fourth and three look am I and he goes forward again and the play just wasn't good this was this is where it's like why don't you I understand that Dan Campbell has no regrets about this play call and you know what good on him because you know, hey, listen, I, I went for it. it. I didn't get it. Simple as that. I don't regret doing it. I can understand his mindset. What is wrong with taking the points? I, because like, if they take the feet, here's the thing if they take both these field goals, all right? Yep. It, 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 you know, by the time that, that, that San Fran would get this ball back with about 732 to go, it would be 20, 30 to 27. Now of course, if you know of course if they if the Niners score on that last drive like on their last drive like that next drive like they did then you're only down by four instead of being down by ten so it's like and they did score to make it a game but like there was they they got away from running that football they were so good with Montgomery and Gibbs running the football I don't understand why he doesn't just take the point sometimes. There was a game I watched earlier this year on, on some Thanksgiving, he was going for it so many times. And I love his gutsy, his, his, his ballsy nature, but you're going to lose some of the, a lot of those calls and you're going to get some of those. Like if, if he gets it, he's the greatest coach of all time. Like if he gets both, he's the greatest coach of all time. But if he doesn't, he is endlessly criticized because like you met, you left points on the table. You just don't do that. Take the points sometimes. Take the points. God dang. You
1: got it. Yeah, you got to take the points. And you got to end up trusting your defense. Because they were playing well all game. Yeah. Um, holding the team. Um, And every point matters. Like, uh, field goals. I don't understand why people devalue the field goals um, these days. Like, games have been won on field goals. Like, yes. Miami, uh, we beat the Cowboys just constantly scoring points. And that was probably one of the smartest games that McDaniel called. Yeah. Um, to beat a team like that. And yet he never carried it. So, I mean, you're not weak by selling for a field goal. Just set up for field goals, and then when you have to go for it and get aggressive, then you do it. But you don't have to like fight to have that cushion ahead. Like keep fighting. Like, trust your defense. Your defense needs to step up. And they're gonna be more motivated after a three points than, you know, turnover on downs. Yeah. And then they're just left shrugging their shoulders and wondering what could have been.
0: Yeah. Now, ESPN analytics said that, like, on fourth and two, I could understand going for it to twenty eight, but where, where they were at on the field and in that situation, like, just take the field goal. And I could understand, like, golf was well, golf was very cool with the decision. Um, like, but you but you can, but and I get like you can again, but you didn't convert it, and it's like, you have to. You have to have those. And also, they made a great event on defense, but like they got in front of the football and it's like, I don't think Dan Campbell's getting fired. I, I personally think the Lions will be back next year. I don't know what you think about that. Do you think they're going to be back next year?
1: Yeah, I don't expect them to have yeah. a drop-off. I think um, they'll be motivated. They'll be right back here. Um, yeah, yeah, the Packers, they're going to gloat about their franchise QB now and anything can change up the vision. Uh, but they have the pieces in there. They have the young talent. They can certainly run it back. And probably win the division yeah they should be the favorites going in here
0: also 60 they have like 60 something million in cap so they they could they could get a good a really really good talent i would say personally my guy that like you know i they, think they they'll be
1: defensive death yeah yeah
0: really they, i think i think they will be back but my big thing consistently is going to be this is like you just need at some point you just need to take the points like you just need to take the like. I think this team will be back next year. I think this is not the this is not going to be a fluke. I think the Lions will be contending with the court that they got. But you gotta take the point sometimes.
1: Yep, agreed. You so good luck to them. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough offseason, but they shouldn't be despairing. Of course, um, they, they definitely they got a championship window. They'll they'll definitely be able to push back.
0: Of course, of course, we will. Uh, keep we'll hope the best for the Lions. I'd like to see them at again because they were they were fun to watch i'd like to see them contend again cuz like they were so fun to watch and i want to see the lo- lions get a chip other stuff that happened in the nfl well Zeus it's been a heavy coaching week uh lots of big hires uh raheem morris to the falcons uh, not a bad thing i do i do like that i do like that uh the hire of course by uh, by the falcons to get raheem morris who was their uh, head their interim head coach uh, we mentioned, of course, Gerard Mayo. He was he was signed by the Patriots. Brian Callahan to I believe the Titans. He was the OC for Cincinnati. Here's one that's kind of wild though: Jim Harbaugh to the LA Chargers.
1: Yeah, like what? That the was heck? completely unexpected. Yeah. Um, to have a coach just um, jump right after a national championship back into the NFL, even though he has NFL experience. Um, it's pretty unheard of yeah. um it was like if Nick Saban left just left Alabama um just to go back in the NFL even with his failure so um yeah the Charger fans should be singing their praises because compared to Brandon Staley I mean Harbaugh coming in is certainly gonna write that ship and just in time because someone else win the damn NFC West please
0: <laughs> I feel <laughs> I that I beg you I mean they were ru- they- this was a rumor for a good while I do feel it's a bit more heightened because, of course, you know, Michigan is going to Michigan is uh, <laughs> they're still yeah. under investigation. So he's he's getting the, He's got his natty. He's getting the hell out of there. Can't blame him for that. Uh, I think he worked well, Justin Herbert. I, I I like this hire a lot. He's coaching the NFL. He's done well with that. And hey, he's, he did what he did at Michigan, got him a chip and he is going elsewhere. Uh other big stuff going on. Antonio Pierce was signed as the full-time head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. I like this one as well. Elsewhere, Dave Canales was the new became the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. That's a job I would not want because David Tepper is an asshole. <laughs> enough. Enough said. Though, <laughs> yeah. Here's yeah. Here's the wild thing though. Bill Belichick does not have a job.
1: Yeah, that, that is actually pretty surprising. I thought it'd be kind of like first off the market. But I guess more teams are kind of seeing what I'm seeing. And maybe Belichick is just not good with the current wave of NFL players. Um, maybe they're afraid of trying to give them too much control. Maybe. Um, maybe. I don't know. like, Or maybe Belichick's like, uh, I want to go to a team that will win now. Um, and maybe not metal. I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But clearly, a lot of owners and uh, staff just don't want to trust them
0: well i think it, i think a factor has to do with like brady the, the departure of brady from new england i think part that has part of a factor i just think here's the thing i would say too you know because the falcons were very was they had two enemies with bill belichick before they went with raheem Morris, who i don't hate as a hire uh, you know he was the head coach of the bucks in his early career but that Bucks team was gutted, and it was not good after Gruden got fired. So it he had a rough go of it to begin with. He's been a good DC the past couple of years, and I like this hire. Belichick, I think, if you look at him without Brady, you know he went seven and nine first year, ten and seven ruins Mac Jones's career by getting Matt Patricia and to be the OC. Eight and nine in twenty twenty two, and four and thirteen this year. You know. Dare I say, and I like, and I and I I think it's a big thing too. It's not just that he's the game has passed him by. Some might say, Zeus, he's seventy-one years old. Realistic, like, like, let's be realistic about this. He probably would only coach for maybe three, five years more than after this. Like he's seventy-one years old. I don't. He's you're on the same age. Pete Carroll's around the same age. So is Nick Saban. Like I don't anticipate him like coaching much longer. And I've heard rumors he might go to TV, but. It's surprising for sure, but it's one of those things where it's like, you've had a good career, you know, but I just don't see any team hiring him. If, if, if fucking, uh, Dan Sider still owned the commanders, I would have seen fucking, <laughs> I could have seen him going to the commanders, but that's not happening, of course. Nope. Nope. <laughs> not, but only team left that had not had a head coach is commanders and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the rumor is they're waiting for DC, Mike McDonald, the Elk Ravens to interview for Seattle and for the commanders. They're looking into Ben Johnson, the OC of the Detroit Lions. Not a bad, bad uh, guy to look out for. <clears throat> we'll keep you posted on that, of course. Should be fun. We're going to take a peek really quick to the college world. And, Zeus, do you know about a guy by the name of Kayshawn Boutique?
1: Keyshawn Boutique? No, doesn't ring a bell. So, really Kayshawn...
0: <laughs> Do you remember, like the 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 Michigan scandal, where all the evidence was out there in public for everyone to see? You remember that? Like it was on a Venmo. There was Venmo stuff, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> this is the so Keshaw booty. those don't know he's a receiver now in the NFL. He played his college ball at LSU. Actually, pretty solid receiver at LSU. He played well there. Sixth round pick. He has caught two passes as part of the Patriots. He was un... He was put under arrest. As part of an online gambling investigation, because Zeus, he made 8,900 bets. While what? under 8,900 bets, he placed $600,000 in bets, some of which were on parlays involving him. I kid you not. He put bet they. They found his account. Well, by by the way, do you know his account was called Zeus?
1: What?
0: <laughs> his account was named Kesha Booty Seven and
1: Kesha Booty One. <laughs> wow, way to, be... <laughs> way to be subtle. I'm a gambler, guys. Uh-huh. This is why. This is why you pay me the uh, all that uh, money. Uh. money, because I'm gonna go ahead uh. and do this shit.
0: and here's the wilder thing too in that opening game LSU had against Florida State Kayshawn Booty was betting on himself like they found out that he placed a bet as part of an eight leg parlay that he would score a touchdown and rack up 82 and a half yards against Florida State and he didn't hit that or the parlay (laughs) like oh my god they're finding videos of him like being really really mad after no- nothing's happening, and people are going, yeah, he was probably betting on this game too. <laughs> eight thousand bets,
1: eight thousand. That's I. There's a gambling. There's a gambling problem. There's a gambling addiction, and then there's being boute addicted. I don't know. That's just I, is ridiculous. Man. I
0: I just can't believe it. It's like, I and and, and and we can have a talk about gambling. You know. But, like, this isn't the first time that we've seen a underage college athlete gamble on games. There were four people that were suspended from the Iowa State football team at the third of last this season over gambling. They were gambling, too. And it's like, guys, 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 like, come on. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you That, that that's just so crazy. And also, he lost sixty five thousand dollars in twenty twenty two and sixteen thousand last year. So he lost a lot of his bets. And the NCAA's got to step up because you can't have people like this. Like you can't, you can't have situations like this happening. I'm, I'm just saying, you can't have that.
1: You can't. You yeah, you can't. It's ridiculous. Like who, who is going to stand for um, that much gambling in the first place? And that's just that's a bad precedent. and just makes them yeah. Bad? Or staying on the players like the players that are honest and they want to get paid for the right reasons and now you have this asshole's like nah man i'm gonna take advantage of the system and yeah like it's um blows to the image blows to the organization it's not a good look for anybody involved and a bad look for sports gambling in general like, yeah um because um, people already have beef with that and there's accusations of fixing games and all this stuff because yes of so yes like Like, we're not doing anything to help mitigate the issue no this is more ammo for government to step and be like fuck sports gambling we're shutting you down
0: yeah Yeah. like exactly like come on like you're not really making it better for anyone else and like gambling on your own games like i I just
1: it's like insider trading in the stock market
0: (laughs) yeah exactly it's 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 just like that on the other stuff happening in college, Zeus, I know you're very happy on one thing. Uh, with UCF, we have not talked about the Knights in a while, but uh, I've heard you guys got a really good quarterback in the transfer portal.
1: Heck yeah! Who'd you get? Um, it was, it was a surprising name. Um, the former Arkansas quarterback KJ Jefferson, fifth year senior.
0: I actually really like this. You 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 told it. See, guys, Zeus told me this before we went live, and I went, "Wait, you guys got KJ Jefferson?" <laughs> Ah, oh, I like I like this a lot for your guys, man. Because like one of the best cards ever played for Arkansas, I love this hire. I love this get, but there is some uh, anxiety in the fan base. Gus were doomed zoomed coaching, uh, play calling. Excuse me. How are you feeling about this? How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling pretty hyped. Um, since uh. Gus is pretty good at pulling um, recruits and people from the transfer portal. Of course. Um, that's how we got John Rice even yeah. though there's a lot of up and downs with him and he wasn't the best quarterback that we had or could have had. Um, it definitely paved the way to bring uh, quarterbacks like him in. Um, hopefully Jefferson is certainly one that would fit a Malzahn system, system. Um, learning how to run him out, um, be a dual threat and also just um, absolutely sling the ball downfield accurately. Um So I'm pretty excited, and I think that UCF should most definitely take a leap next year um, to contend the Big 12. I mean, uh, the expectation now is obviously, um, like, even for Malzahn to not have a hot seat, like, he needs to have eight wins next year. So I think with a pickup like this, a new defensive coordinator, some offensive coordinating um, people to help him out, um, they should definitely make that push. But there is something to be concerned about, uh, Manny, and that's – the news that uh, he was pretty firm that he was going to resume play calling duties in 2024. So a lot of Auburn, a lot of Auburn fans and a lot of UC fans are definitely upset about that since mm-hmm. um, some of his, some of his play calling um, led to them dropping some pretty winnable games like the Baylor game, yeah. the West Virginia game, um, a lot, a lot of things and the Texas tech game. Um, Some of the strangest calls on on a game that he had to get the two point conversion on, so people were not the happiest. But I I hope that he knows what he's doing, and that with KJ Jefferson, um, with more depth on the lines, um, that this is a good deal and a big a bit of consistency for the program can be the thing UCF needs. Yeah. So I'm 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 just all I'm saying is I'm I'm just um, cautiously optimistic about this.
0: I. I can understand that. I love the acquisition of KJ Jefferson. John Reese Plumlee was a good acquisition out of the transfer portal. And, you know, having seen his stuff at Arkansas, very accurate quarterback, finishes career at Arkansas with 65.1% completion percentage and 67 touchdowns, 18 picks, 154.6 pass rating. I like this. Now with the with Gus Melzon, I would say I agree with you. He is on that hot seat. He is on that hot seat from that first game against New Hampshire on August thirty first to the end against West Virginia. He's got to be on that hot seat. Like considering the step back y'all took this past season, he's got to be on. He's going to be on that hot seat. I feel he's going to be on that hot seat uh, yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, you you're in the Big Twelve. You got to make something happen. Uh, we'll you talk. Make
1: progress every year. You can't. You can't be content going six and six every year and that no. being better.
0: Exactly. You gotta make something happen. I'm sure. We'll see what happens. I'd love to see something good happen for UCF. You know, I'm always that optimist for your boys. We're gonna take off the college for a little bit. Uh, we're gonna talk about the coaching hope for the NFL. For some of our teams, we have some coaching vacancies. Pittsburgh, of course, is an offensive coordinator. Uh, for Zeus. The Dolphins have fired Vic Vangio. He is no longer having the time of his life. That's, 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 a, that's a different Bronco. Advanced Joseph. That's, that's not Vance Vangio. That's Vance Joseph. My bad. Pittsburgh is actually looking outside of their organization for one, Zeus.
1: Whoa, okay. P-
0: Pittsburgh is doing something different. I, I, can't, for I can't. I can't. Yes, I like this. You have no clue. I'd I'd like this. Now, do I like who they're interviewing? It depends. Uh, The rumor has been um, it was Zach Robinson, uh, the the pass game coordinator for the Rams, O.C. Thomas Brown of the Carolina Panthers. I don't know why you'd want to go to the Panthers organization for that. And I've heard Cliff Cliff Kingsbury is going to try to talk the Steelers. Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach, I do not like. The OC, I do kind of like. I would actually like to see a Cliff Kingsbury OC role. He was the Trojans' senior offensive analyst this past season, and I think he's got a – he could coach a good offense. And as a head coach, I wouldn't like. It's kind of like Bill O'Brien. I don't want him as a head coach. I want him as an OC. I I want him as an OC.
1: Yeah, some people are just better suited for that role anyway. So – and that's what when we get to Miami, like I, we'll we'll talk yeah. about like former head coaches. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how they worked out. Like how is a former head coach taken going back to a coordinator role? Like hopefully well for some time. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I go I just I'm not aware of recent history where that sort of lateral or backwards movement has, has been successful for both parties. But I hope I'm wrong.
0: Yeah, I I so to, too. The other issue is this is what happened yesterday. I found this out. They
1: are apparently trying
0: to hire, looking into talking to Arthur Smith!
1: <laughs> really? Arthur freaking Smith. Man, imagine the reaction if they do get him. Like, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, grumpy folks.
0: Yeah, man. I'm, uh...
1: Because he didn't utilize his players in Atlanta. He didn't. Like, he... What, what makes you think, he, even as an OC, is going to do the same thing? He might be stubborn and um, not play the right people at the right time. So it's, uh, yeah, no, who who knows where we'll go with him.
0: Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Um, I don't disagree. I don't like, I don't mind. I don't like the Arthur Smith one. Um, so it's one of those things where I'm not sure, uh, what is going on. Um, really on all honesty, I'm not too sure, but I'd hope they get someone good. Uh, Because, you know, Art Rooney did a, Art Rooney legit made a comment today, they're not tired of the playoff job, they need to get some win. I'll take these next steps. And um, at the end of the day, it's one of those things where um, the way I see it, you know, is that, you know, you gotta, gotta, you gotta have a guy that's gonna help the development of Kenny Pickett. You got to, you got to do that at the end of the day.
1: Work with what you got, unlock your potential. Good coaching can turn an average player into a great one. Yeah, exactly. Just just like uh, Matt Shanahan and how what he's did with Purdy.
0: Exactly, exactly. Uh, We'll see what happens, and they want to get someone good. I hope they do. Uh, In the end, uh, the way I see it, the way I see it is that they hope i are going to go somewhere good. But now, what do you? None of you have heard anything about the Dolphins. uh, What are you thinking about? um, What would you like to see for a defensive coordinator?
1: That's tough to say. Um, I'm actually of the opinion that we may just want to hire someone within instead of just trying to pick someone who may not fit the system. But Daniel is pretty, um, pretty selective. Like he, I think he wants people not only their experience but also can just jive with his kind of laid back attitude and also um, just be more of a player's coach. So um, that's why I'm kind of a little bit fearful that he might really seriously consider Brandon Staley. Like he's been interviewed on the 26th, and I don't know if they want to go that direction with him considering. How much he put his defense backs but maybe that was partly due to his role as a head coach and having too much on his plate at once so um but i don't know like i i uh, i mean maybe bobby bagage from the bills is the linebackers coach because they 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 play hard up there and we kind of need that hard-nosed football down here um so him ryan slowick like i said internal um internal hire could be best fit Um, I don't know if there's really any hot names on the market right now. It's just a matter of, all right, um, can you take our talent and can you maximize their efforts? And I think either internally or maybe someone like a linebacker's coach like Bobby Babich could um, be the answer that we need. Now, as far as why Fangio left and if that's a good thing or bad thing or that endemic in McDaniel, there's been a lot of debate there. I think for McDaniel, um, it's not really a good look for him. I think um, for someone who gets along with a lot of players – um to not you know um, get along with the mind of a Fangio um and I think I I think that's certainly cause for concern of how he could um maximize the people around him how much does he listen to the advice of others I don't know because um he promised he'd run the ball way more this year and he kind of did but it wasn't nearly enough so that's why McDaniel right now is on a hot seat this year it's like okay um can you bring in the right people can you maximize Tua's potential and can we get the right people together to operate the unit and stay healthy? Um, maybe he's got to look internally at the strength and conditioning coach. I think yeah. that's a concern. Special teams coach needs to be upgraded because we had a lot of boneheaded plays and the bad punting all year. So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of easily fixable things that we can do. It's just whether the organization, front office, and Mike McDaniel can take those steps. So um, agreed. I don't know. Like I'll, I'll definitely have more to say on the direction of the franchise, but it's just pretty murky right now. I'm curious
0: to see where they'll go. As as am I because I think you know you gotta be you gotta you have 40 million in in under above the cap, so you gotta you gotta make something happen. You you gotta make something happen, you know. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens. I think you guys gotta get a good defensive coordinator in there, and you gotta just get some improvements going. I think th- again, I think it will be just fine. I think you guys will be okay, but we'll see. Uh, what happens. Now, is there a specific need you want your team to focus on the draft next year? Like, Do you have a positional yeah. need in mind? What you got?
1: Uh, two big things. And they're both going to be... Well, actually, there's uh, four needs, but I'll rank them in order of what we need. Number one, we are going to need an elite tight end. I think um, we're definitely far enough in the first round that I think a good tight end can follow us. So, get a good pass-catching tight end. Um, that can also run block pretty well. So we can have a dual option, um, just like what the Porta did for the Lions. I think we need that sort of player here down in Miami to really elevate Tua and give him a, give him a better target when both Hill and Water are covered because good teams are going to take him out. So you're going to need your slot receiver and your time to step up and make plays. Yeah. So tight end number one. Number two, we're going to need more depth on the offensive line, particularly center and guard. Um, the center position with Connor Williams has been um, pretty disastrous. Um a lot of rotation at that spot, a lot of injuries to go around. Even though our Traffic Eichenberg did step up, and did an okay job. Like he's definitely not the guy that we want to lead up lead the offense um and get a lot of get a lot of run blocking to spark our interior run game since a lot of our runs are to the outside. So for Miami, they're gonna have to really beef up the offensive line and be as physical as a team like the forty nine or the or the Chiefs. So that's number two. And then the other two needs are definitely on defense, um, inner linebacker being the thing since ugh, we have so many injuries there. We need, we, need, we need more depth, we need more talent. Yeah. And then cornerback, I'd say, um, someone to really replace, uh, Xavier Howard, um, give more depth back there, and just get rid of Eli fucking Apple because that man is just god awful. Uh,
0: fucking, I I know I've never been a big. Uh, <laughs> Eli Apple guy to begin with. He's been really rough. Uh, I'm sure you know. You guys get a first round draft pick this year. I'm sure it'll be something good happening uh, in in that department.
1: Yep, so. That's pretty much it for our coaching um, and player needs. Um, we're still a ways away from free agency. So come March, it's going to be. I mean, we don't even know who's going to stay on the team. Who's going to be cut? There's a lot of questions on if we're going to keep Christian Wilkins or not. So. I'm not going to get into it too depth, too much in depth here, but um, that's why for this off season, it's going to be super crucial. And I'm pretty nervous about it, but I'm trying to be optimistic, man.
0: I get that. I get that uh, for Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh's got, you know, you added all this dead cap, uh, about 22 million over the cap with uh, actually 2014 with all, but um, it's not, I think they could definitely skirt something around. They're really good with asking to restructure that. And I think they could restructure a couple of deals, I'd say. Um, Cameron Hayward, maybe. I like Hayward. And he was complaining about, like, why should you think pay cuts? Like, you, got, you need to, man. Like, think about this team. Uh, Alex Highsmith and Levi Wallace are free agents, if I'm not mistaken. And Levi Wallace, nothing too crazy. I like Highsmith. Highsmith, so freaking good. Uh, we'll see what happens though. I mean, I think you, you got, I think here's how I say they'd go for a D. I think quarterback still has your big, I'd say you give Kenny Pickett one more season. Cause there I are, I you, you get, get him with the good OC. That's actually going to help develop him. Instead of, you know, mess up his early development. I would say you, you can bring in Mason Rudolph too. Cause he wasn't, it was a fun guy to watch. Get, get, explore all your options. Now for drafting, you know, they've done they drafted pretty well last year. They did pretty well. They brought Broderick Jones. You also got a good a corner, a really good cornerback. I love Joey Porter Jr. Love Joey Porter Jr. Uh for me. I think a big need, and I think receiver, they're fine. I think I say they go either defensive line and they or they keep building up that offensive line. Because honestly, man, I like Cameron Hayward. He's getting up there in age. Your other next big defensive end is Larry Ogunjobi. And Joby's a good defensive end too. But they're getting up there in age. And I would like, personally, I would like personally that they focus on building that D lineup. Because it's only getting older. You gotta look at some good defensive ends in this draft. Now, they could go address QB later on. Take a flyer on a quarterback. Uh late in and then late in the draft. I mean there's there's a there's a QB heavy draft. Uh so I do like that a plenty. And, you know, just hopeful to see what they could do. I, I I like what Omar Khan draft did in the draft last year. At the end of the day, I do hope that in the end, I do hope. That uh, the drafting is good because the there is, there already is a hu- a big big thing over getting wins. You need to win the playoffs. You need to get stuff done, and uh, you need to be able to get the wins in the playoffs because if not, coach is going to be in the hot seat.
1: You really think so? <laughs> I I mean they
0: don't want to fire Mike Tomlin. I don't I don't they don't want to fire Mike Tomlin. I do know that, but. At the end of the day, man, it's one of those things where you got you you're, you're in purgatory. You got to start winning these bigger playoff games. You can't just be winning games just to get the streak going. You know what I mean? You can't be doing that. That's purgatory,
1: if you will. Streaks are meaningless. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, let's hope the rings matter. Yeah, should be a fun draft though. Can't wait for that. We'll talk about that when the draft does eventually does occur. Now, next up, well, I'll end this on this. The Super Bowl. Big Super Bowl indeed coming up. It is the Chiefs, and it is the 49ers, two of the big teams in the <laughs> – I know, I know, I know.
1: Grumpy horse.
0: I feel that. San Francisco was the one-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, but uh, this should be a good game. Overall, I think it'll be a good game. Uh, should be fun to see. I don't know what's going on with the uh, situation with one. With one uh what's his name? Kadarius Tony, who apparently the Chiefs are lying about him being injured, according to the Chiefs, that's not true, but uh should be a good game. Who do you got in this one, man?
1: Uh um honestly, just based on my knowledge of um, Super Bowl experience and overall narratives and a lot of things going on. Um, I do think the Chiefs should be favored. They are definitely the defending champs here. Um I think the Chiefs uh, while they don't have the better offense compared to um the 49ers, I just get the bad feeling of the 49ers, especially with the way they kind of uh squeak through games lately while the Chiefs have been rather dominant in their in their playoff run. Um yes, even with the Bills game, they held the Bills in check for the most part, even though that was the closest game played. But um it's just hard to, it's just hard to go against Mahomes and it is. the Chiefs right now. Um so until proven otherwise, um I don't see what anyone should put much stock in the 49ers. Um So I'm going with the Chiefs. I think they'll win a close nail-biter like mm-hmm. they have been all year. And, you know, Dynasty, here we go. Three rings in four years. What's people going to do about it? I have no idea.
0: I don't know, man. And I-, I think the Niners got a good shot at this one. The favorite is them, I think, of course. And, you know, last time it was the Chiefs that got the win. Uh, at the end of the day, man, the way I do see it, man, is um, at the end of the day, man. I think it'll be a good game if Patrick, if they can protect Ma- pa- Brock Purdy. I think they'll. I think the Niners got a good shot. They have great talent galore. The question will be, like I said, they can protect Brock Purdy. I think. I want to say Chiefs. I love their mascot, Casey Wolf, is a damn mascot legend. And usually, I pick games in the better mascot. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not kidding people make fun of me for this but it's like come on better mascot better mascot I did it for the Huskies and I got reamed for that I know that uh, the best way I can put it is I think the Chiefs will edge him out I think it'll be close but KC's got that playoff experience
1: yeah um, yeah I don't think it's going to be a blow either way um, I think the Chiefs might go with an early lead and struggle to finish off the 49ers but Mahomes might have that magic. He'll just have that drive to really put the dagger in this team. Agreed. Um, Agreed. And I, and I know that if they do win your third ring, um, there's going to be a lot of talk about Kelsey maybe trying to retire while he's on top. I, uh, I don't fault him for that. So, We'll yeah, see um, what happens, man. We'll de- definitely see. Um, I just hope for a good, decently high-scoring game. Um the defensive slog was definitely super frustrating to see because I want to see points put on that Chiefs defense. God, they have Oh, we, like, all know, we all do. We all do. They haven't had like thirty points put on them all year and it's so infuriating. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna lose Fortnite's, can it just be a shootout? Can you just prove to me that this Chiefs defense can be exploited, please? Can you play the right way? Yeah. And you know what in great. Like you're the lesser two evils.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, man. I agree. And it uh, should be fun to see what happens. I can't wait to see everyone on social media start complaining about Taylor Swift again because that's all they have to complain about is Taylor Swift. Any final thoughts, Zeus?
1: Oh, final thoughts. Um... <laughs> Hope to everyone uh, has a good, um, good time playing their uh, Super Bowl Sundays. Even though it may, may not be the best matchup, like it's still a great time to get together, watch commercials, eat some damn good dip in food, and just have a good time. So, looking forward to see um, if Purdy will be the one to establish legacy or if we're stuck in uh, Patriots Dynasty 2.0 with the Chiefs.
0: Of course, of course, man. We'll see what happens. Well, for my partner, Mr. Zeus Pegasus, I am Manny Jones. Thank got guys tuning in for the 22nd edition of Furries and Football. We'll have one right after the Super Bowl, of course. And then after that, we'll go on a bit of an off and break, mainly talking about big free agency news and the draft from there. You can, of course, find us at furriesandfootball.podbean.com, or we can find our podcast on Podbean, the Podbean app, iHeartRadio, and Player FM. my buddies, Zeus Pegasus, I am Manny Jones. Till then, we are out of here.